Amen. What a truth. What a service. Thank you, pastors. Thank you, ushers. Thank you, team. Just um, delighted to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Welcome to church. Glad you're here. And if you're listening online, welcome. Glad you've tuned in. My name's Pastor Roger, and I'm just thrilled that you're here with us. We are in the final week of our sermon series, Strapped, Breaking Free from Financial Debt and Stress. And we're talking about how to manage money in a way that would be pleasing to God. And so, since we're talking about money, I figured I need some money. So uh, who's got some money here? Who might have a $100 bill that uh, they'd offer for me for, for an illustration? You got one. All right. Okay, Barclay. So this is a good Sunday. What a great weekend this is. So I just tucked that away, and we'll get to an illustration eventually. Uh, thank you. Now, as a quick overview, in week one, I said, we don't serve money. Who do we serve? We serve God, right? Money serves us. This stuff, it serves us as we serve God. Now, we looked at some principles and we purposed that we are not going to be strapped like everybody else, that the borrower is a servant or a slave in bondage to the lender, and we do not want to be in bondage. So what are we going to do? We are going to unstrap ourselves and we're going to get out of debt. We're going to give up some things we love for some things we love even more. And another way we said that was we are going to say no for a little while so that we can say yes for the rest of our lives. Now check out our website, centenaroad.com, um, if you'd like to review that message. And last weekend, Pastor Eric shared that saving and investing God's way requires us to be honest, to be wise, be prayerful, be disciplined, and be grateful. And a lot of his points came from the Proverbs. Uh, today, I want to talk to you from an Italian's mindset. Malachi. Malachi. An Italian prophet? No. It's Malachi. It's Malachi. It's Jewish. It's not Italian. There's no Italian writers of the Bible. So I thought that would get a bigger laugh, but uh, evidently not. <laughs> Malachi is a famous book in the Bible about the tithe. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking right now. Oh, no, I'm here on this Sunday. He's talking about the tithe. Uh, welcome to church. Do not get up and leave. I want you to stay. Honestly, you will benefit from learning about the tithe. What is the tithe? Well, in North America, people often interchange the word tithing for the word giving. They'll say, oh, I tithe a little here or there, and what they're actually saying is, I give a little here or there. However, tithing is really not the same thing as giving. The Hebrew word that's translated as tithe is the word masa. Everyone say masa. Say it like you got something stuck in the back of your throat, masa. There you go. The word literally means a tenth. That's what it means. It means 10%. The tithe is 10%. And one pastor tells this story. When I was a new Christian, I didn't really understand the tithe very well. And they said, you know, you're supposed to give 10%. So I went to my favorite Christian bookstore where I live. And I went in and I took 10% of my income and I bought cassette tapes, 
so you know how old this story is. Uh, I bought t-shirts and I bought books. And I walked out and I said, I just tithed. I just gave 10% of my money to a Christian bookstore in exchange for some really great stuff. Well, that is not tithing. That is shopping, okay? <laughs> That's a big difference. So let's try to answer the question from the Bible. What is tithing? First, tithing is returning. Everybody say, returning. There we go. Tithing is returning the first 10% of our income to God's church. In Leviticus 27, verse 30, it says this, A tithe of everything from the land, whether the grain from the soil or the fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So a tithe of whatever you produce belongs to the Lord. It is holy unto him. And the word holy means set apart. It means it's designated for a unique and special purpose. The tithe is set apart. It's holy. It belongs to God. Now you notice I said tithing is returning. It's not really giving. So tithing is technically not giving. It's returning what already belongs to God. Kind of like the $100 from Barclay, all right, who just gave this to me. Now, you might say, now, why did Pastor Roger tuck that away in his pocket? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because I arranged this with Barclay earlier before the service. I said, Barclay, here's $100. When I ask for the $100, will you offer it up? And thankfully, he did. So thank you, Barclay, for doing that. Good job, Barclay. Everyone's good job, Barclay. Thank you. He did a good job. Now, had I been like God, I would have been much better to Barclay. I would have given him the $100 and only asked for 10 back and let him keep the 90. That's what God does. But... Too bad for Barclay, I'm not like God, I, I wanted the whole hundred, I'm just not that generous. God is so much better. He trusts us with all these resources that he provides us, and then he just asks for 10% back. So the tithe, it belongs to God. It, it's us returning it to his house. Secondly, tithing is giving God my first and my best so that he can bless the rest. In Proverbs chapter 3, it says this. It doesn't just tell us to honor God with our spiritual gifts or with our time or with our service or with our worship, but it also tells us to honor God with our wealth, with the first fruits of all of our crops. And then as we worship him with the tithe, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now, we are going to talk a little more about the blessings of God and the tithe in a few moments, but I want us to shift gears for a second here and try to answer the question, why should we tithe? Why do this? Well, other than God directing it in the scriptures. There are several reasons, and so we're going to look at three this morning. The first one, and let me just say it like it is. Number one, tithing provides for God's work through the church. It's just that simple. That's what it's for. When you tithe, it provides 
for God's work in and through the church. The church for which Jesus died. The church that God loves so much. I love the church. We should love the church. And I believe that through Jesus, the local church is the hope of the world. We sang about it this morning. And that's why scripture says in Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe, not a part of it, but bring the whole 10% into the storehouse. Now, theologians throughout centuries and all of history have said that the storehouse is the Old Testament picture of the New Testament church. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. In other words, when you tithe, the work of God through the church moves forward. It provides for God's work in the church. Now, I want to just say something here very quickly to tell you how incredibly proud I am of the way that Sea Road uses um, the church's resources to leverage the gospel all over the world. And you know what? We're going to learn a little more about that at our annual general meeting later on this morning. So I am prepping you now. We have reason to be incredibly thankful and proud. For instance, how is it that we give away thousands and thousands of dollars to missionaries around the world? How is it that we provide for the benevolent leads needs in our community. It's through the tithe. That's how we do it. You tithe, we manage wisely, and the local church makes a huge difference in our community and around the world. The local church is the hope of the world. If everyone would tithe, imagine that. We continue to manage it wisely. We wouldn't need the government to help people in need because the church would already be there able to do it. Can someone risk an amen? <laughs> I tell you that beyond a shadow of a doubt that yes, the tithe provides for the work of God through his church. And I thank God that Sea Road is a good example of that. Now, one practical way we help make that happen is shown in the slide that you see at every offering time. I used to write a check every second Sunday and um, in that moment at home, as I wrote that out, it was a holy moment. I felt like I was worshiping God as I was preparing my tithe to put into the plate. Well, since then, I picked up uh, this uh, pre-authorized debit. There's, everyone pick up an envelope in the, in the rack in front of you. Have a look at that. Now what my wife and I do is we go with the automatic withdrawal. So rather than putting a check in the plate every other Sunday and having that sense of worship in that moment, I now get this sense of worship every time I read my bank statement because I see that a tithe is going to the work of God. It is wonderful to see money going to God's purposes. So I want you to take that home. I want you to think about what God might be saying to you about your giving and your tithing. So why do we tithe? Because number one, it helps fund the work of God through his church. But number two is way more personal. Tithing teaches me to put God first. It's way more personal. When you tithe, it teaches you to put God first in your life. Now, the Living Bible translates Deuteronomy 14.23 this way. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. 
Love that translation. Very clear, isn't it? In fact, it has been argued that the way you manage your money, tithing, and your giving is one of the most tangible measurements of when, uh, where you actually see that you put God first. You show me your ba bank statement, and I can see in what area of life you actually put God first. Now, what takes first place in our lives? I think that the things that are first always indicate the stuff that's most important to us. Think of it in competitions. First place is what gets the prize. It's what gets celebrated. Think about it in our life stories. The first kiss, that gets remembered. The first A on a paper, or the first home run you ever scored, or your first date. All of those firsts hold a special place in our hearts. So be sure to put God first. Now, in our daily lives, what do we do? First thing every day, the first thing we do, we read God's word and we pray. We seek him first every day. What do we do on the first day of the week? We gather together for corporate worship uh, in his name. We give him the first day. Uh, we worship him corporately as a church. We take the first 10% of what God trusts us with and we give it to him as an act of worship. And here's the thing. It takes faith to give first. If God gives me $100 and I give him 10 first, it takes faith to believe that he's going to stretch the other 90 for what I need it for, for other purposes. If I give him what's left over and what's last and whatever I feel like, well, that doesn't take any faith. And without faith, Scripture says, it's impossible to please God. Now, what some of you might be thinking is, well, you don't understand, Pastor. For me to do that, I would have to uh, massively change my life. Uh-huh. Yes, that's right. For me to do that, I'd have to stop buying some things that I really want. Yes, you're getting it. Okay, good. For me to do that, I would have to adjust my life completely around God. Hallelujah! You're getting it. Absolutely right. Yes, yes, yes. You would have to sacrifice something to put God first. Yes, you would have to do that. Oh, the learning curve, especially for new Christians, the learning curve I was on when I first gave my life to Jesus. I read in the scriptures, drunkenness was a sin. What? I thought drunkenness was just a normal part of the weekend, part of partying. It's a sin, the learning curve. I had to change my drinking habits. I read, do not repay evil for evil. What? I can't get even with the people who are jerks to me? Like, this is the learning curve I was on as a Christian. No coarse joking? What? I can't tell dirty jokes anymore or use foul language? What the heck? Like, you know... I'm, I'm on a learning curve as what it, what it is to be a Christian. Tithing? you got to be kidding me. i got to give 10% of my money back to God? By not tithing, I was stealing from God? I thought, you've got to be kidding me. How can that be? Insignificant little me stealing from God with what little pittance I got paid? Come on now. Well, God said that to his people. He wanted to bless them, but because of their disobedience, they lost out. And holding back from God ultimately does just no good. Let's look at it in Malachi 3, verses 8 and 9. God asked the question, will a mere mortal rob from God? So there's my insignificant little me taking from you, yet you rob me. And the people asked, 
but how do we rob you? And here's what God said, in tithes and offerings. You're taking what belongs to me in tithes and offerings. And then he says in verse 9, you're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Well, I do not want to be that guy anymore. I don't ever want to be that person again. Now, some of you might argue back, and I have heard this before. Okay, but Roger, you got to understand the tithe. That was Old Testament, and the tithe was under the law, and we're not under the law anymore. You know, Jesus came to fulfill the law, and people will say, oh, the tithe, that's Old Testament. The tithe isn't a New Testament uh, principle. Jesus never talked about the tithe. Now, uh-uh-uh-uh, he sure did. Actually, Jesus not only mentioned the tithe, but he clearly and unquestionably affirmed the tithe in Matthew chapter 23. New Testament Jesus, he's tearing a strip off the Pharisees. Let's look at it, verse 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Here's Jesus saying, you should tithe. Yes, you should tithe. Don't neglect the former. Tithing has been around actually since before the law. That's a whole other sermon. He's saying to the Pharisees and all of his listeners, for centuries we've tithed. That's what we do. Yes, you should tithe, but do not neglect the more important things. In other words, yes, you tithe, that is for beginning givers. Don't get all high and mighty just because you return to God what's rightfully his. Yes, we honor God with the tithe, but hey, do not forget the offerings. Don't forget the justice. Don't forget the mercy. Don't forget the widows and the orphans. Don't forget the people in need. Yes, you should tithe. We just start there, and this is Jesus saying it. But don't forget the more important stuff beyond the tithe. The tithe is just where we start. Money, we don't serve it. It serves us as we serve God. And as we get out of debt, we tithe and we give even more beyond. Why? Because that's what God has called us to do, to exhibit generosity. He is a generous God, and he expects to see generosity in his progeny. He expects to see generosity in his children. Now, some people, they are stuck in the tithe is Old Testament, but no, not according to Jesus. Do not play the Old Testament, New Testament game. The fact is, New Testament Jesus, he raises the standard every time. Old Testament says, don't murder. New Testament Jesus, what he say? Don't even hate. If you've hated in your heart, you've committed murder in your heart. Old Testament says, don't commit adultery. New Testament Jesus, what does he say? Don't even lust. If you lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Old Testament says tithe. New Testament Jesus, what's he say? Yeah, tithe, but beyond that, it's not just 10%. It's everything. It's your whole life. It's all of you. You make everything you have available to the kingdom of God for his service. That's why he said things like, take up your cross, you die to self. Tithe, that is just baseline stuff for these reasons. Number one, it provides for the work of God through the church. Number two, it teaches me to put God first. And number three, the third thing, tithing builds my faith 
in God. The only place in all of Scripture that God ever gives us the chance to put him to the test is in Malachi 3, verse 10. Right in the middle of the verse, God says, test me in this. Try me. You don't believe me? I dare you. Give it a shot. Test me, God says, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. You don't believe me, God says? Try me. Give it a shot and see if I won't prove myself faithful. I will bless you beyond what you can imagine. Now, here is the thing. I am not saying that God is some big Santa Claus in the sky. He is not some kind of cosmic slot machine where we take our tithe, we put it in, we pull down the lever and bam, you know, jackpot. That is not what I'm saying. Listen, God has some blessings that are way greater than just a little bit more money for us. You may decide to tithe, and then all of a sudden, your marriage gets a little bit better. I tell you right now, a great marriage is a lot better than a little more money. The stories I have heard of people who started to tithe, their old clunkers just kept going and going and going way beyond the norm. Other people tell me stories that they've all of a sudden found some job favor in their work situations. That type of blessing, your obedience in returning to God, what is rightfully his, can yield all sorts of blessings. I want to tell you a story of the first time I learned this. And going way back in history now, Julie, who's now my wife, and I were dating at the time. And I'd gone over to her place to pick her up for whatever event we were going to, and she wasn't ready yet, and so I stood in the front lobby waiting for her. And I overheard her parents talking. You know, they were saying things like, what a fine young man our daughter is, is dating. No, I didn't overhear that one. <laughs> 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 that day. Uh, what I did hear them say was they were talking about Julie and how well she was doing. She was doing well at school. She was finding favor at work. She just had a sense of well-being and peace. She was maturing in the Lord. And I overheard them having this conversation. And then her dad, Stan, he said something to Yvonne. He says, you know, Yvonne, I think it's because Julie started tithing. And that was the first time I had ever heard someone relate all these types of kind of blessings in one's life with tithing, with returning to God at church. Now, for some of you who are tithers, you get this. I see you. You're smiling. You're nodding. You have all these stories yourself. You have tested God, and he's proved himself faithful. And, and I, I see that in you. You have seen his goodness. Somehow, miraculously, we have discovered that 90% with the blessings of God goes way further and is way better than 100% without the blessings of God. We've experienced it. He is just that good. Well, I'll tell you, that is just God's economy. His economy always flips things upside down. Things like the first shall be last and the last shall be first. You die to self. You lose your life to gain it. You give and it shall be given unto you. That's number three. Tithing builds my faith in God. And I'm going to close with this final thing. Why do we tithe? It's an act of worship. It is worship. He gave to us. We faithfully worship him. We don't serve money. 
We're not going to be in bondage to money. We serve God. Tithing is a tangible way of putting him first. We say, God, I worship you with this. God, I will put you first. I will give you my first and my best, and I will trust you to bless the rest. Our God is just that good. Aren't you glad you stayed in church this morning and listened? I'm going to ask you to stand with me to pray, ask our team to reassemble. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, I pray that today your spirit would speak to us. Your spirit, God. I know that this pushes a lot of people. I know this can be a challenge, Father. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would do a work in a way that only you can do. Show forth your goodness to us. Show us your power. We will be faithful to you. We will be obedient to your word. We give you all that we are and have for the purposes of your kingdom. Father, I ask for a special blessing on those who have not tithed but are deciding in this moment to obey you. Prove yourself to them, Lord. We will test you in this and show yourself faithful to return to you what is rightfully yours. Bless them for their newfound obedience. And Father, bless those who've been regular tithers. Just refresh their joy in serving you and seeing you work. And Father, I pray for those who want to tithe, but their spouse won't agree and won't let them. Bring peace and understanding in those situations, Father. We pray thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven for the glory of your name and the expansion of your kingdom. Amen.